What is it you want? Real estate. It's the Red Hot Real Estate Show, where we can all find out how's it going for buyers and sellers in the real estate market. I have died and gone to real estate heaven. Looking to move? Hoping to sell? Call in with your questions to real estate expert Mimi Shoneman with Remax Results. I'm going to go out and buy a house. Here she is, your host, Mimi Shoneman. Yes, she is here, the host of the Red Hot Real Estate Show and your super real estate agent from Remax Results. Hello, Mimi. Good from morning. your Red Hot Real Estate Group. Yeah. Good morning. Good, Good morning. morning. Also with us from Amec Home Loans, Mr. Phil Olson as well. Yo. And you know what? You guys are bright and chipper, and I know this a lot of it because things are just keeping you hopping out there, right? Oh, my gosh. I just notice we match yes yes you what? guys look like you were just on the same page mm. you got in the same color palette as That's, far as your outfits yes interesting <laughs> i don't know and, what and we is. arrived in the parking lot in the same time too that's never <laughs> See, happened just in sync i guess absolutely I in sync which makes a lot of sense that's why you can help all of your clients out there so well is that you guys are already in sync for them you know i will have to say how long we've we been working together phil five five six five, i don't even know maybe long time uh, maybe seven years yeah I mean, we really do work great together. Mm-hmm. We do. It's like kind of like he knows what I'm thinking. I know what he's thinking. That's why we make a really good team. Right. Yeah. So before yeah. we move on, Phil, why don't we give your NMLS numbers, please? Let's do it. MLS 238-103, Branch 928-8590, and Company on MLS 150-953. So what amazing things have you two been doing out there <laughs> recently? Well, we've been competing in the field. Yes. In the long what do you call it? Shot put? Long <laughs> javelin throw? I don't know. We're just making it happen. Yeah. Making it rain. Like just run well, it and run it. Yeah. My week has been a 75 hour work week. Wow. Week. Okay. Somebody so send Phil some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> it's It's been long, but it's been fun. Oh, good. It's crazy out there. I mean, it's crazy. I've never, ever seen it so crazy. Now, when you say crazy, what do you mean by that, Phil? Because I know you are regularly busy, so that's obviously not the new thing in this whole thing. But I am regular- why is crazy about this now? Um, how about 500 emails per day and 50 to 80 phone calls per day? Of people going, I'm ready to get started, or I had I need- an answer that wasn't the answer I wanted, so I can you help? I need help. I'm writing up pre-approval letters. Left and right. Okay. I've got agents calling me, negotiating deals. Mm-hmm. I've got new buyers calling me, talking to me about bridge loans and talking to me about buy first, sell second. And it, it's just fun. He's putting together the puzzle. Right. So that he can make his clients happy and get their house of their dreams. That's what he's doing. That's what I'm doing. Yep. So. Which is re- probably really interesting because I know a lot of times when we are talking about not only financial things, but, you know, since buying a house and selling a house is really involved in that, a lot of things that are in the news can really affect how we, as people who are navigating those roads, respond to things. Well, we're talking a little bit today about the coronavirus right? Yep. and what that and the market that tanked this past week. Yes. Yep. What's going on with that and how. Phil and his crystal ball, kind of pre- what his thoughts are about the whole thing. So yep. I think we'll let's just start talking about that, Phil. Mm-hmm. Sure. So rates are super low. Right. Locked a rate today, or it was yesterday, 2.75%. Oh, on a my fifth. heavens. Oh, yeah. All right. Refinances. Everybody's refinancing out there. Uh, the buyers are now getting lower mortgage payments, which is allowing them to have more purchasing power or their payments are going down, which is great. We've got the coronavirus, and I, I just want to preface this. 
we don't really need to worry about this. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, there should be no panic out there. The United States has one of the best healthcare systems in the world. And I've got some statistics that I'm going to go over when we talk about this. Um, Right now, there's only been one death in Mm -hmm. the United States total. All right. Um, There's a total of 22 people that have it in the United States. Uh, But it's not something we need to really concern ourselves with. It's more so in China. There's been 2,838 deaths in China so far. Right. And worldwide, there's been 142,000 people affected with this. Now, Phil and Mimi, I was just reading an article about this as well. And so I think that it's interesting when we look at it. Okay, well, it may not affect me from a health perspective right now. Mm -hmm. But we do have to acknowledge that that's part of the reason why we're so busy is that it's affecting the global economy because of what's going on other places. So that's part of the reason why we're seeing these pitches and moves and the rolling in the market. And so, Phil... So the bond is what's tied to the interest rate. Is that right. correct? Correct. And so explain to the to our listeners a little bit about how that works. And then we'll talk a little bit about how this is a good thing for our buyers because they have better purchasing power with the lower interest rate. Mm-hmm. Well, it's also good for sellers that are going to be buying another home as well. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So what, what's really transpiring here over about the last four weeks, okay. maybe it's been five weeks, the bond market, due to speculation, due to fear, and we call it market fear. Yes. Okay. And when we're when we're talking about investors, I'm not talking about you or myself in the right. stock market. We're talking the big hedge fund Fair managers that are managing billions and billions and billions of dollars. So one of the one of the things we call it it's it's a flight to safety. Okay. Okay. Meaning. We're going to pull money out of the stock market because there's fears in the stock market and it's going to flow to the bond market. Right. Because that seems to be usually a less uh, stable place to put your money. So they take it out of that because it's more volatile. No, I would say the bond market is more stable. Than no, the that's stock. what I mean. So the stock Correct. market you pull out because that one is more volatile. So then they go into a more a, conservative. A more, a conservative one. Exactly. More, more conservative uh, investment strategy. So they move all that money out. And we have what's called the bond yield. Okay. okay. Now, you wouldn't think that if the bond yield goes up, that's a good thing. But it is. Okay. okay. And we why want is the, that? Well, when the bond yield goes up, mortgage-backed securities go down, which means that interest rates go down. Okay. All right. So over the last four to five weeks, we've literally seen interest rates drop almost three quarters of a percent, Okay, which is a huge swing in the market. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, how has this affected? It is the global economy. It's affected the global economy because where supply chains are starting to stall. What does that mean? Means that all the exports from China that were being produced aren't able to make it to the United States. And some of your big manufacturers now are not able to produce the inventories or the products that they're wanting to produce. I've read some of those articles where they're talking about a lot of these larger factories have had to shut down or having their lowest production days of decades, basically. Here's something that I was listening to. And folks, I'm... I'm a nerd when it comes. I'm sorry to say, I'm a nerd when it comes to economics and, yes. and politics. You love and your ge- numbers. I know. I love all that my stuff, numbers. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And I love listening and researching. But I heard that the toy stores this coming Christmas 
are going to have a very difficult time filling their shelves with toys. Right. Because that's being exported yes. from China. Okay. But what's the good news about this? The good news is, is the 10-year treasury note okay. has fallen off. Oh. Which means uh, when you're looking, when people want to go and look at where rates are at, they would go to what's called the FNMA 30-3. Okay. okay. And what is that alphabet soup you just that threw at is, That is a bond index. Okay. Okay. We call it the Fannie Mae 30. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And you want to see that the yield is going up. When it's going up, that interest rates are going down. When it's flat, right. then mortgage interest rates are, are flat. Yes. And guess what? If it's going down, then mortgage interest rates are going up. So okay. understand the stock market and the bond market, they work in opposite directions. Money okay. leaves the stock market, goes to the bond market, interest rates go down. A great economy, which we still have. Yes. Okay, there's nothing wrong with our economy at all. It's firing on all cylinders. This is all fear being placed in the market based on what's going on in the world. Yes. Okay. So uh, last year, the average rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage was 3.9%. What is it today? It's three and a quarter. So for those clients out there that are above 4%, it might be an opportunity to have a conversation at this point in time. All right. And so refis is a great time to refi. And so for our investors out there that have cash, they're sitting on cash, now is a, a great time to jump in because their buying power has just gone up. Well, I mean, if if an investor has an interest rate on an investment property, say 5.5%, which was pretty much the norm, you're probably looking in the mid fours, okay, right now. And that would allow you then to better cash flow. And if you better cash flow, then you have more money to maybe go buy another investment property. So let's just talk about our $300,000 buyers out there, lots of them. Mm -hmm. And they've been struggling to get into these homes because they're in multiple offers. So Mm -hmm. this weekend alone, uh, a home in Minneapolis that we were looking at was uh, 55 showings in two days. My heavens. And multiple, multiple offers. So, you know, what does that do to our $300,000 buyer? How much could they go up? with this improvement in interest rates? Well, there's a possibility based on if they're dropping a half a percent, it wouldn't surprise me their purchasing power goes up twenty to $40,000. So if you're not finding what you're looking for in the bracket that you're shopping in, call us. Let's talk about it because then perhaps we can find you a home that's just a little bit outside of that comfort zone. Same payment. Right. Well, when we get back, we're going to cover more of this information and tell you how you can benefit from the puzzle-solving skills of Mr. Phil Olson. Um, And we'll also be willing to take your questions. Remember, if you call in, our friend Phil has decided that he is going to donate $50 for every caller to the American Cancer Society. So make sure you call in as well at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071. Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group is here. Also from Amic Home Loans, Mr. Phil Olson. And so we want to make sure that all of our listeners know they can go and shop for homes right from the comfort of your phone or your desktop or right. your car. If you're like waiting for somebody to come out of the store, <laughs> go to viewgreaterminneapolishomes.com. Be sure and register there and you can shop. And if you see a house that you want to see, you can message us through that program. So be sure and check that out. And we've got that posted on our show page, too. Right. So, Phil. Awesome. We've had some big wins this week, have we not? Absolutely. Okay, so you had a really great story about a save. Save of the week. Had a phone call, 
client calls me, says, hey, I talked with this uh, bank slash credit union, and uh, they're able to get me an interest rate of 3.5%, 5% down, but I don't have the money for the closing costs. And my, my real estate agent is saying, if I'm going to make an offer on this home, if we ask the sellers to pay the closing costs, we're, we're probably not going to get the deal. Right. And they talked with this bank slash credit union. And they didn't have a solution other than, well, do you have a family member or a friend that has the ability to gift you the money? Well, in this situation, wasn't possible. Okay. So here's the client's statistics. They had great credit. They had great income, $89,000. They've had long-term jobs. They had fifteen grand in the bank. They needed 5% down, and they were buying a $300,000 home. Okay. Couldn't pay their closing costs. They had no other options. Now they call me. So, can Phil Olson leap tall buildings by becoming... <laughs> Are you kidding me with that? Are you kidding me with that, Phil Olson? Really? Okay. I love it. All right. So, I solved the problem. I'm going to do an MHFA conventional home loan, Minnesota Housing conventional home loan, at the same rate of 3.5%. I'm providing them $15,000 in down payment assistance. The income limit is $144,000. So, guess what? They well qualified for it. And now they have the money for their down payment and they have the money for their closing costs. And oh, by the way, I heard they got their house. Hey, congratulations. So, That's a big mm-hmm. win. So let's talk about some of this, these acronyms that we throw out there. Sure. So MHFA. So this is where Phil's got all of these programs floating around in his head. And this particular program is a down payment assistance program. Yep. So you were able to get them qualified. Now let's talk about these down payment assistance programs. Do the monies flow in and out of those accounts or do are they always funded? Uh, I have, since I've been doing these loans for probably about seven years, every once in a while we'll get an email from Minnesota Housing that they suspend for like 30 days because they've ran out of funding until the federal government refunds that specific account okay but that really hasn't happened in the last three years okay so i haven't seen any issues with it but some of the city programs that have down payment assistance just want everybody to know that that can happen to you that that money can dry up and then what happens phil if that happens when they're in the middle of a transaction that's not good it's not good not good but you you lock that and once it's locked it's secured correct correct okay correct so you got these people fifteen thousand dollars and so let's talk a little bit about they weren't first-time homebuyers either okay they weren't for first-time homebuyers that's called the step-up program okay so you don't have to be a first-time homebuyer and what's the characteristic right of a first-time homebuyer everybody thinks because i owned a home 20 years ago i'm not a first-time homebuyer that's not correct it's a three-year waiting period but with the step-up program you can actually have owned a house two years ago, sold it. You can use this program to buy another house. Okay, so if you've been renting short term, mm-hmm. you can turn it faster than how about, you do. How about I have a house to sell? As long as you sell that house before we close on this loan, you can use this program. Oh, okay. But and your th- income limit is 144. It's 144 on the step up program. Otherwise, you have to go with what's called startup. And the startup program, I believe, is 80% of AMI, which works out to be $79,440. Okay. AMI is? It's basically the area, the, the area average income. Yes. So you take you take the total median income for a specific area. You take it is 80% of that. 
And for any county here in, in the metro area, you're capped at 79,440. Now you need to understand how is that income used for qualifying? Well, if you don't have a two-year history of, say, tips, bonus, commissions, you can't count that for qualifying income, but you have to count that income for qualifying purposes for MHFA. So you really got, you got two underwriting guidelines I have to follow. I have the qualifying for them to purchase the home. Here's how much money we can use. But let's say the spouse makes $50,000 and, and she makes $60,000 and I can qualify her on $60,000 to buy the home. All right, we're using her $60,000 to qualify for the primary mortgage. But now I have to qualify them for $110,000 for the Minnesota Housing Program. So guess what? Will they qualify for step up? No. They won't qualify for Because shopping. between the two of them, they make too much money. Correct. Okay. Correct. Now, you don't have to count the children's income, but you do have to count the spouse's income. Okay. Now, if you have a boyfriend-girlfriend situation, though, you don't have to count the boyfriend's income for total qualifying income. Yes, I know there's a lot of guidelines, so if mm-hmm. people want to talk to me about this... That's a really, good reason it, to call. It, yes. really, it really comes down to me having a conversation, me understanding what they're trying to do, and then, like I was telling Mimi, let my mind go through all these programs, <laughs> all right, and come up with a solution. So just so you know, when Phil does all this mental calculations, eyes roll back in his head, yeah. and they turn red. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, does my, and does my head spin, too? Yeah, maybe. maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen it either. You haven't seen yeah. that yet, but you don't know what happens when you're not staring <laughs> when, when at him. Your head, when your head starts spinning, that's when I'm out. <laughs> no matter how good the deal is. I don't is. care how good you are when that happens. Yeah, no. Call right. it a day. So, gotcha. So anyway, that's a significant win. And yeah. so for our listeners out there, you know, if you are if you are of the mindset that you that it won't work for you right now, right? Mm-hmm. You just need to get a second opinion and well, call. I'm going to go back to this scenario here. The client called me. They were offered one program. Yes. I I talked to them about FHA as well because FHA has some other guidelines that would help them as well. And then we talked about conventional Minnesota housing. Now, folks, you can use a VA loan. You can use a USDA loan with Minnesota housing as well Okay, to get down payment assistance to help pay your closing costs. So you have the ability to layer these different programs that Correct. you have access to. So this, this is the exact thing that I want people to understand. If you're told no someplace else, you need to call us for your second opinion because let's just talk about length of time on the job and how much smarter you are in your fifth year than you are on day one. Right. Right. Okay. So it's no judgment, no hate, but Phil's, he's been doing this so long that, you know, his dreams have got mortgage (laughs) papers in it, you know? And so he knows a lot of programs and his company, Amec, is one of the best companies in the Metro to do mortgages. We are so proud to have them and Phil as one of our mortgage experts here. They do a phenomenal bang-up job. Right. We're rated number one. Rated number one. Yeah. Can't, can't we have the largest that. market share in the Twin Cities of all mortgage companies in the state of Minnesota. Wow. Yeah. And awesome. I, I'm, I'm proud to be affiliated with them. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, the, the difference between a loan originator, you have a great loan originator going up against another great loan originator. But if you don't have a great back-end operation, be it underwriting, post-closing, closing, RESPA, all these types of things, 
if you've got a company that that really doesn't do a good job in that specific area, believe it or not, your your deal can literally fall apart. Right. And so, you know, I think that would be so great for the rest of the show if all of the people out there that are listening that have been told no in the last year, call us and tell us about it because maybe Phil can help you. Sure. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, in the meantime, while people are calling, and again, the number is 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. So when you're talking about some of these amazing stories that you've come together with, you know, what's there some other great examples of what we have going on out there in the market and what puzzles you managed to solve? Well, let, let's talk uh, money time. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Do we have that queued up? No, because she's talking to our uh, listeners. Perfect. All right. <laughs> it's just you, Phil. You yeah. have All to right, sing. Let's talk I can little... do it. Money, 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 money. Awesome. Yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> All right. Client has great credit, a rate of 4.375% on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage with yes. 28 years left to pay. Okay. They call me. All right. I refinance them to a 3% interest rate, 15-year fixed, I'm saving them $187,000 in interest. Oh, wow. Their payment goes up $360. Now, guess what? Per month. Per month. Okay. For those folks out there that are having no issues making their mortgage payment, they've got additional discretionary income. There's a great story where you can actually change a client's life by saving them that type of money over a period of 15 years. right? And and people always ask me, so, well, how long is it going to take me to recoup my closing costs? How about two months? That's, wow. two months. Yeah, that's amazing. Let's yeah. talk about that, a refi mm-hmm. closing cost. Is it 1% of, of the purchase price or what is it? Yeah, on a, on a let's go three hundred thousand. You're probably looking at closing costs that are going to be about five grand. Okay, we're only thirteen hundred ninety five dollars of that because there's there's so many other people going into the piece of the pie. Okay, so what is the piece of the pie? You got mortgage registration tax. You have an owner's policy. You have a lender's policy, which is title. You got a closing fee for title. You've got an exam for title. You've got an appraisal. You've got credit. You've got a flood certificate. You've got uh, it's the recording of the deed with the county. Okay. You've got Minnesota state tax stamps included. Literally, there's like six other companies involved in a closing that all have to be paid. Yes. Fair all right. Okay. And yeah. so this is what our title company does for us. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to be t- talking to some of our great listeners and taking their questions. We are also available for you. You can call us as well. The number is 651-641-1071. We're talking to Mimi Shoneman from the Red Hot Real Estate Group. Also, Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. We'll be right back on the Red Hot Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. Always reminding you as well, you can go to the page MyTalk1071.com, keyword Red Hot. Get this episode and previous episodes and also see all the great links that Mimi provides with you know, for us every week. So you can just kind of get some great information that's out there, right, Mimi? Absolutely. We've, uh, we want to be a resource to all of our listeners. And so if, we've got, if you've got something that you need and you don't see it there, please call us or email. You can reach me directly, 651-578-2218 or Mimi at mnredhotrealestate.com. And Phil? 
You reach me at 651-238-6748, or my website is www.callphilolson.com. We appreciate you calling into the Red Hot Real Estate Show at 651-641-1071. So we're going to go to the phones now. So, Annette, thank you very much for your patience. Annette, I think you have a question about down payment uh, questions out there for Phil and Mimi. I do. Actually, I, I'm looking to purchase a home in uh, Princeton, which is Mille Lacs County, yep. and was told that there is no more, or it's dried up, or they can't get the, the Minnesota housing because it's going to be a rural 100% loan. So is there no down payment assistance or any assistance at all out of the Seven County Metro? Well, Minnesota housing, I have not been told that we cannot do a rural property. I haven't seen anything come from them. I would tell you that that would be a phone call I would want to make tomorrow morning to Minnesota Housing because I'm doing properties up in Otsego, which is right next to the Princeton area, and I've done mm-hmm. multitudes of Minnesota Housing loans in that area. And there okay. is and there is down payment assistance available. Okay. So where where did you hear that from, Annette? Uh, actually, from the person that's going to be financing or arranging my financing. Okay. Hmm. Well, mm-hmm. you know, um, Phil would be happy to give you a second opinion. I know that's for sure. So, like uh, but he can find that answer out for him anyway, right, I can, Phil? I can easily find that answer out. Uh, they're on my speed dial. I can call them first thing tomorrow morning, <laughs> and I'll have an answer for you first thing tomorrow morning. But you're you're telling me something I don't know about. Mm-hmm. That would be excellent. I would appreciate that very much. Leave Thanks, your, Annette. Leave, leave your name and phone number, and I'll give you a call tomorrow morning after I make the call. Thank you. You're Thanks, welcome. Annette. Bye now. Well, you know, so that'll be interesting to find out if yeah. that's for real. We'll have to report back. What do you, you think, know? Phil? Mm-hmm. Is that for real or is that like a mistake? Mm, I think it's a mistake, to be honest with you, because there are, I know for a fact, don't want to say bad things about lenders, but there are lenders out there that will say, well, that program's no longer available. And the reason they say that is because they don't do the program. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. Mm. question for you. So down payment assistance, MHFA, can that be uh, combined with another program like rural development? Sure. Okay. You, can, you can combine it with a USDA loan, a VA loan, a conventional or an FHA. Believe it or not, Woodbury's got a $25,000 program. You can actually layer that program on top of MHFA down payment assistance. So you could literally get a consumer $40,000 in down payment assistance if they're going to buy in Woodbury and they have to buy a specific property that the city says they have to buy. Okay. So when you're looking at trying to put those particular puzzles together, um, how do you go, all right, as me as a, and I, I think this is kind of a question for me, me as a potential buyer, how do I have that conversation with you so that you can help me go, well, this house would qualify, or here's the questions I need to ask when I'm talking to Phil. Well, so... I don't get involved with the finance piece. Okay. Even though I know about the programs. Yes. And so I'm going to direct you for your financial questions to go to Phil. Gotcha. Because Phil deals in these programs every single day. Yes. And that is his wheelhouse. And okay. so for me, I'm involved in the real estate uh, of the properties, of the paperwork, of the contracts, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times when you're talking to people, would you tell me, maybe ask them these questions and see what pops up. I'm not sure it exists, but maybe here's the well, thing. Well, if you told me I don't have any money for... Closing costs, yes. which about 3% of the sales price would 
basically be a ballpark for closing costs, yep. no matter what your purchase price is. Okay. And if you told me, so when I say to you, Ms. Shannon, what is your available cash position? Yes. And you tell me, mm, not so good. Right. I don't have a lot of money saved because I had a, a an illness. I had a divorce. I had a, a mother that, you know, had that to I was be, taking care take of, care of yes. that sort of thing. But then we're going to explore how we're going to get the money for the down payment because you have to have down payment and closing costs. Phil? So, believe it or not, folks, the it's it's a stigma that you need to put 20% down. We've right. talked about that multiple times. Yes. Well, guess what? Do you realize that a 10% down or a 15% down versus a 20% down has a better interest rate than 20? No. Yes. Okay. You wouldn't think that, right? So you it's kind of counterintuitive. Right. It's counterintuitive. Now, Guess what? There's probably about an eighth of a percent difference in those rates. Okay. okay. Why? Because you have mortgage insurance. It's insuring the lender in case of default. All right. So they pass on a better interest rate because if you default, they will be covered by that insurance. Okay. Once you're putting 20% down, guess who's on the hook? For the whole amount of the money. You are as the... The bank is. The bank is. Okay, gotcha. So if you default with mortgage insurance, they're going to be compensated and they're not going to lose any money. Ah, okay. So I just did a loan here this week, believe it or not, where Mm -hmm. we're doing 10% down. And then what they're going to do here in seven, eight months, maybe a year, they're going to do a recast and a re-amortization. Okay, they're going to pay down their principal when they sell their house because they're going to be a buy first, sell second okay. situation. And believe it or not, when they do their recast, their interest rate will be better than what they would have gotten had they put 20% down up front. My goodness. Now, so when people talk about, well, I want to put 20% down, maybe that's not the right play. Maybe that's not the right play. All right. But that's just what we've been told for years and years and years because private mortgage insurance is so terrible the way that they explained it to us. Okay. Private, so how do you calculate uh, PMI? Well, my system does. Yeah. Okay. All but right. I mean, you give it a ballpark. All right. So if you got great credit, 760 credit scores, your debt to income ratios, those are the two things they're watching. Credit score, loan to value, debt to income. If they're all real low and you have high credit scores, I'll give you an example of mortgage insurance on a $200,000 home with great credit and you're putting 10% down. How about 25 bucks a month? Okay. Okay. So maybe you need that money, that 10%. That's a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? How about instead of putting 20% down and you've literally cashed out your whole bank accounts to do that. Yes. You put 10% down, get a better interest rate. Yes, you're going to have mortgage insurance that's going to fall off. But guess what? Now I have a nice reserve in my bank account of $20,000 that now when I want to do the paint, if something happens, I want to do the paint. Guess what? The roof gets hit with lightning. We've talked about that. No, by the way, your insurance agent sets you up on a 3% deductible. Oh, oh my gosh. I need that cash. You need that cash, Mm -hmm. but now it's gone. And guess what you're going to turn to? Mr. MasterCard and Mrs. Visa. Right. Yes. All right. So Mm -hmm. who's making the money then? The bank is. Yeah. So this is really good information, Phil, because I don't think a lot of people knew that. I think that that's kind of one of those industry kind of things that you just don't talk about. So it always just makes sense to put more down. Maybe it doesn't. And so those are the kind of things that scenarios that you run people through. It's like, okay, well, you're telling me that you need a new kitchen. That kitchen is ugly, but you love the house. Mm -hmm. It's in the right neighborhood, Mm -hmm. but you want to fix it up. 
So maybe you don't need that renovation loan. Maybe this is the strategy that you use. Every every situation is different. And when I sit down with a client, I'm I'm asking myself the question, what if? Okay. What if? Can we do this, 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 and this? And then I run the numbers on everything and I can present it to the client and, and basically go, what's going to work best for you? Right. You know, it's not that what I hear all the time is I went to so-and-so. Exactly. And, and they offered me this. Mm-hmm. And my first question will be, I'll ask a few questions. I'll go, so did they talk to you about this? No. Did they talk to you about this? No. I go, well, if you do this, this, or this, it's far better than what you're being offered. And they go, well, why didn't they offer me that? It's because they don't have it. Okay. Fair All enough. Right? That is the thing that people think is that, you know, everybody has access to everything. Lender no. A, lender B, bank, credit union, they think they're all the same. They are not. Here, Here's another example. We're direct with Fannie Mae and we're direct with, with Freddie Mac. That means we have no overlays. Okay. Every bank has overlays. Okay. Overlays over guidelines of the federal government. Explain which, what that is, Phil. What, what's an overlay? Okay. The... Debt to income ratio standard for it is Fannie Mae is 45%. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Fannie Mae allows it to go up to 50. But let's say the bank has an overlay that says we will not close a purchase loan with a debt to income ratio over 45%. Okay. Well, that that's loan, their rule. That's that they their, are, okay. So an overlay is a bank's rules. An overlay can be a credit union's rules. And they adjust these overlays based on their portfolio and what they're targeting. Okay. okay. So you could literally walk into one institution and go present your loan and be denied. And you can come directly to me and I'll go, why were you denied? Okay. So here is another fear that we know is real out in the marketplace. So I hear people say, I don't want to get a second opinion. If they pull my credit again, my score is going to go down. Let's talk about how that is a myth. It is a myth. It doesn't affect the credit score. The consumer has 90 days. It's called the shopping rule with the credit report. All mortgage companies have a specific code. Our code is exactly the same except for the last couple numbers on that code. Okay. So if you shop with two mortgage companies, it's not going to affect your score at all. Oh, okay. Now, guess what? You go shop with 10 mortgage companies. Yeah, you're, you're going to probably be dinged, could be anywhere between probably 20 to 50 points. Or if I shop between you and a car and a furniture, like everything, like if I redo the whole house all at one time, then that's yeah. probably a problem. So it's it's a fallacy. Okay. Now, if you <clears throat> go apply for a couple credit cards, you go apply for a car, then you apply for a mortgage and you do this in a very short period of time, you can have what's called a hawk alert. And that'll come down hard on your credit report. Because it looks like you're trying to open all these accounts all at one time? What? It, yes, exactly. Okay. So okay. in other words, the bureaus are telling all the other lenders out there, hey, be careful here. This person might be trying to commit fraud oh, by okay. taking out all this type of money. Okay. So you never, ever want to have your credit pulled multiple, multiple times in a 30-day time span or even a 90-day time span because that's actually reported on the credit report. And you can actually see that over a period of time. But let's just talk about specifically mortgage. So you've got Miss Shannon here mm-hmm. who really would love to get a couple of opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's gone to her credit union and yep. had the conversation and they did pull her credit. Yep. But she'd like to get maybe one or two other opinions, opinions. for mortgage only. Mm-hmm. What is the cap 
of the number of times that her credit can be pulled for mortgage without it disrupting her credit score? I would say two. Okay. Two. Yeah. So, so I could go to my credit union and then go to somebody else. Sure. Or okay. even three is too much. Um, it's questionable. Okay. okay. But you can get more than one. More than one. Within okay. a ninety day window. Correct. Okay. okay. So what happens on day ninety one? On day ninety one, as far as what on the credit report? Yeah. You could do you could have another could do it again. You could do it again. Okay. But I mean, I'm able to actually have a conversation with a consumer without even pulling the credit. That's as long as the data you're going to provide me is 100% accurate. Okay. I could still provide you a quote and I could still talk about programs, but guess what? I I could literally put my foot in my mouth doing it that way and I don't uh, like doing it that way because right. I'm going to say something that may not be applicable because I don't know the whole story. Yeah. So doing it the right way is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. So I mean every every person I work with, I do an absolute complete home loan application. I ask tons and tons of questions because I want to understand what they're trying to do. Okay. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to have a talk with one of our great listeners and we're going to also be talking about bridge loans and how Phil has a great story of how that saved the day. Right. We'll also take your questions. The number is 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Red Hot Real Estate Show here on My Talk 1071 and streaming on MyTalk1071.com. We're here with Mimi Shoneman, of course, from the Red Hot Real Estate Group and Phil Olson from Amec Home Loans. We've been talking about all of these things that have been going on. We see volatility. We go, maybe that applies to us, but it actually might be making things easier for you as you're moving into home ownership. Absolutely. There is so, no better time with interest rates at their lowest level not to be talking to your financial planner, not to be talking to your real estate agent about either buying or selling uh, based on the market right now. Nothing to be afraid of. This is the best time ever to buy in many, many years. Correct. So we were talking uh, before the show started about refi Mm -hmm. and people calling, you know, when is a good time to think, well, so maybe somebody has a low interest rate because they refied when it hit the bottom last time. So around three and a half, three and a quarter, something like that. But now you can even refi people lower than that. And talk about the daily interest rate and the difference between a 30 and a 15 and how that matters. Yeah, well, your difference in rate on a 15 to a 30 is almost a half a percent in interest rate. Okay. Okay. But uh, right now, if anybody really has uh, a 4% rate out there or even 3.75, but they've got a second mortgage that's at like 5%. You got that's called a blended rate, where you take that five percent rate, that three point seven five percent percent rate, you blend it, and let's say they're now at four point one two five blended. Okay. Well, guess what? Four point one two five to three point three seven five is almost one full percentage point. Okay. On a standard rate and term refinance, going from a thirty to a thirty. So, are you saying that if they do have those two types of loans, that sometimes you're able to have them refinance into one? new loan at this new rate. Yeah, is that you, what you're you, doing? You would do what's called a cash out refinance if the second mortgage was taken out after the first. So in other words, sometimes people will do like an 80-10-10. They're, they're buying the house for 10% down. They get a first mortgage at 80%, second mortgage at 10%. Right. That's called an 80-10-10. All right. With that type of situation, that would be considered a rate and term refinance because you took out that money for the purchase of the home. If I buy a home for 80 and put 20% down, and then two years later, I take out a home equity loan, 
Right. You cannot do a rate and term refinance. That becomes a cash out refinance. Now, Mimi, I know this sounds a little bit weird, but I was going back and forth with our producer and we have somebody on the line that just wants to give Phil a compliment, I believe. Is that right, Producer Zani? Yes. So who's this on the phone right now? Hi, this is Kim. Hi, Kim. What's your compliment for Phil? Well, you know, I called him for the first time on Friday, uh, left him a message. He called me back right away. And by refinancing my mortgage, um, we're lowering the rate and I'm getting rid of a pile of ugly credit card debt uh, that is going to save me a pile of money every month. So I just wanted to call and say, uh, you're a straight shooter, Phil. I appreciated your help. And uh, I'm really excited about what this is going to look like for me. Awesome. Thank you, Kim. Thanks, Kim. That's wonderful to hear. We oh, appreciate nice. you sharing that. That was wonderful. And Kim, just so you know, because we uh, Phil said he was going to give 50 bucks to the American <laughs> Cancer Society for everybody that calls. So, if, you know, her calling with that compliment there is actually go. also helping the American Cancer Society. We appreciate that very much. 100%. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. And that's, I think, you know, when you were talking before Kim called about being able to blend some of these things together, I think we see those as a consumer. We'll see those commercials that say, oh, we could take care of your credit card debt. We could do this. But those may not actually be the best route for us long-term strategy so maybe it's good to make that first call to someone like phil phil so i have a question for you so you were talking about the 80 10 10 and how that that uh if they took the home equity line of credit out after they closed on their house Mm -hmm. that that would not be a rate and term refi becomes a cash out automatic okay so let's talk about the person that um wants to at the time of purchase establishing that uh, HELOC, if you will. Is that an option? Established. It used to be. So oh, you it still have, is. You okay. can still do an 80-10-10, but you're, you're better off having just one mortgage at 90%, 10% down, and pay the mortgage insurance as long as, excuse me, as long as you've got really cheap or really, really good credit. Okay. So you can get the home equity line of credit oh, sure. at the time of purchase. Sure, you can do it that way. Okay. okay. But understand that's an adjustable rate mortgage with no cap. What so it can go up incredibly it go, high. It could go up incredibly high okay. over the period of time. And then the other downside is it's an interest loan instrument. And all too often, people get their statement that says you owe two ninety five, and that's all they pay. Right. Well, guess what? You're not paying down your principal. Right. Well, we do have another caller on the line. You can always call us as well at the Red Hot Real Estate Show. The number is 651-641-1071. Ryan, thank you very much for calling the show. Do you have a question on refinancing? Hey, yeah, I do. Good morning. Thanks. Good morning. Um, mm-hmm. So I just bought my first house. Uh, like, see, I closed last end of April. Um, and I got a four and a quarter percent. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, if it's, is it even worth looking at maybe refinancing? I, I would point? tell you absolutely it might be worth looking at. It, it really comes down to what kind of loan do you have? Do you have a conventional? Do you have an FHA, VA, or USDA? Actually, went with a conventional. You went with a conventional. Okay. Well, this week alone, I probably locked a dozen loans at three point three seven five on a thirty year fixed. But here's the thing: I would I would tell you, let's look at a twenty five for you. All right. Let's knock five years off your mortgage, and guess what? Your payment would probably be the same. And if you were to look at what your principal and interest payment is, and we were to knock four years off of that. Take your principal and interest payment, multiply it times 48, and that's how much you save. Okay. I, I, I always believe in having my clients move forward, not backwards. 
Now, right. if if you've got a financial situation that requires you to go to a thirty to a thirty, then then that might be the reason to do that. But if your cash flow position is good, it might be better off for us to look at a thirty to a twenty five, drop the rate, and then remove four years off your mortgage. I mean, now you're saving thousands of dollars. Right. Okay. Well, sounds good. Would love to talk with you, Ryan. Further. Yeah, Ryan. Thanks Definitely, so much yeah. for calling. Yeah. It's not always perfect when people call in because that is a lot of just rearranging all of these numbers. Because you have been, you know, there's been times before, Phil, where you told people, nah, it's not really worth it. You're not going to save yourself any money. It's not going to recoup your closing costs, you know, the things you have to do. I wanted to bring that up about closing costs. So Mm -hmm. if Ryan says, you know, yeah, I'd really like to do it, but I don't have any cash for the closing costs, can the closing costs be rolled into the new mortgage? Sure. As 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 long as the house appraised value goes up. And if we look at appreciation rates from last year to this year, that most properties have gone up anywhere between 7 to 10%. And I'll let you speak on that, Mimi. Uh, if not more, yeah. Uh, so property values for sure are escalating. Okay. And in fact, you know, it's it becomes problematic in some respects because you, you've talked about this, and I know we've talked about it in the past, when your appraiser comes out and they're comparing like late season comps mm-hmm. compared to summer comps, it, it's not as easy as if you had lots and lots of properties that were comping out at the same sure. time of year. So well, it does make a difference. If, if Here's a statistic just for myself for last year. I did almost 200 loans last year, all right? And of those 200 loans, I only had three properties not appraised at what I thought it would come in at because I look at specific data on the web to help the consumer understand what a realistic value would be of their property. Okay. Plus, I ask lots of questions. Plus, if I need to contact somebody, I've got some great friends in the appraisal industry that I can just talk to and say, what do you think? Yes. All right? So, I mean, I'll do that legwork up front, so that way I'm coming back to you with a realistic expectation. Right. Okay, so let's talk a little bit before the end of the show about a bridge loan. And then also comparing and contrasting that to the recast and re-amortization. All right, so great, another great story of the week. Call it the bridge loan save of the day. (laughs) New client wants to buy first, then sell second, but that all their money is tied up in their current home. Okay. So... They want to buy another house first. They qualify to buy for another house first, but they don't have the money for the down payment. Okay. I'm getting them a $106,000 bridge loan. Okay. A bridge loan is a temporary loan. Right. It will be paid off when you sell your house. These folks are able to use the bridge loan not only for their down payment, not only for their closing costs, but guess what? They're able to use the bridge loan for paint, carpeting in their house, fixing their house up, getting their house ready for sale. Right. So there's enough money between that 106 for them to fix their house and buy another house. Okay. Now, a recast and a reamortization with this client, they're going to do 10% down. Yes. But they really want to be at 20% down. Okay. All right. Well, guess what? They'll be at 20% down when they sell their house. They will take that money from their house they will contact my servicer. They are going to pay down an additional 10% down. Okay. It's going to drop their payment accordingly, and it's going to remove the PMI. Now, this is all before they move or right after they move? This is after they sell their house. Okay. Okay. In a buy first, it's we're writing a contract. Yes. They're going to buy this house. They're going to move into this house. They're going to move everything out of their house. 
Now, guess what? How easy is it to fix your house now that it's empty? Right. They're going to use the bridge loan to fix their house. Mm-hmm. They're going to work with Mimi. And guess what? Mimi's going to get them more value for their home. All right. Right. Then we sell this house. We go to the closing. We then pay off the first mortgage. We pay off the bridge loan. Yes. Only time this works is you have to have a very good equity position in your in, current home. In your current home. All right. What kind of equity position would you say would be a safe number? 70%. And so red hot real estate. 70%. So if if we've got a house that's worth 200000 and you owe 130000 Okay. There's $70,000 to play with. I can probably get you a bridge loan for 40000 that's maybe enough for your down payment on the next home, and maybe it's money to fix your house right. and get it ready for sale. Exactly. Or what happens if you've got the money for your down payment, but you don't have the money to fix your home? Right. There's the bridge loan to fix your house. That and sounds so like a great product. There are so many people out there that I know that this applies to because we work with them every single day. Yeah. So during the week, be sure and reach out to us for questions about real estate and mortgage. You can reach me directly, Mimi Shoneman, with Remax Results and the Red Hot Real Estate Group, 651-578-2218. Phil Olson, Amic Home Loan, 651-238-6748.